I'm excited to talk to our guest today. She is a chiropractor and has a master's in positive psychology, which we'll have to learn more about. Dr. Vanda Corbett. And I hope I'm saying your last name right. Corbett or that's, Corbett? That's exactly right. It's okay, Corbett. Yeah. Perfect. So we're going to talk about how to improve your health by improving your posture. And she has an amazing story to tell of her own on why she got into chiropractic. So let's jump right in. Thank you, Dr. Vanda, for being on the show today. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to be here. Talk about how you got into chiropractic. So what is your story? Well, I have, it's a little bit long, but I'll make the short, the short version of it. Okay. Um, so I'm actually the 11th chiropractor in my family. So both of my parents are chiropractors okay. and then I have eight cousins who are chiropractors. So there's a big long line. I've been adjusted since birth and, you know, just a lot of health and wellness my entire life. But the interesting thing was, is actually why I was interested with your show was um, at the age of about seven, I started to get severe leg pain. And then at age of 10, 11 years old, I was diagnosed with reflex sympathetic dystrophy, which what we know now as complex regional pain syndrome. And I did everything. So when, you're, <laughs> when you talk about like all the different types of um, either it be medication or, uh, you know, alternative therapies, I've, I've pretty much done them all. And it was actually really a chiropractic that really helped me get to the point where I am today. So it was a long journey of healing about 12 13 years till I was about 20 oh, years old. Oh, wow. And so yeah. and you, can you tell us briefly, the audience, what is that? And do, does it typically get diagnosed in younger ages? And, and does it just, is it a genetic thing? Give us a little so, bit more history on that. Yeah, so the reflex, what used to be called reflex sympathetic dystrophy, or RSD, is mm -hmm. now, like I said, complex regional pain syndrome. So essentially, it usually happens after trauma or a surgery, but they really don't know why, and it doesn't have to be a large trauma. Like, you can just fall down playing soccer or something, you know, like, it doesn't wow. really have to be a large trauma, but it's where your sympathetic nervous system goes a little haywire, mm -hmm. and um, then you become more sympathetic dominant. So what happens, and I know you have a lot of people, I've listened to some of your past episodes talk about yeah, like the sympathetic about, and parasympathetic yep. nervous system. So when you become more sympathetic dominant, it really like overrides the nervous system so that you're always like on, you know, yeah. you're always running away from the tiger. Um, yeah. So yeah, that exactly. happens a little bit. <laughs> and the then saber what, tiger what, that we talk about. The saber tooth tiger. Yeah. Exactly. I love that because <laughs> that happens nowadays. Um, exactly. It's more like your email all the time. Right. Um, so then what happens is for me anyways, it was from my waist down. Mostly my knees were the one that was really affected. Um, and I was actually in a wheelchair for on and off for about three years. Um, yeah. And medically, they, they wanted to do an epidural spinal block where they put the thing into my spine where essentially like paralyzing me from the waist down so I wouldn't be able to feel it. Like uh, on a and then you, you wouldn't be in so much pain, but you're like, I'm essentially paralyzed. But essentially paralyzed. And then if uh. that didn't work, the last option for, unfortunately, for um, uh, RSD is uh, amputation. So they- Oh my gosh. Like, oh, that's- Yeah. That's... So, yeah. <laughs> so I didn't accept that diagnosis. And yeah, luckily I, being my parents being, um, you know, a little bit more alternative health field, we continually search for answers. So right, like right. between nutrition and um, homeopathy and um, exercise and chiropractic was the main one that really, really helped just kind of bring me essentially back to life. Okay. So yeah. chiropractor <laughs> practices essentially help yeah. kind of calm down that nervous system. 
yeah. So basically, I mean, everybody always thinks of chiropractors as like cracking just joints. Yes. Bones, so let's talk like, about you know, that. Like- <laughs> that's what I wanted to talk about. I want to everybody like, get does- rid of the get rid of the myth get rid of, of chiropractic. Yeah, they get rid of so. the stigma. So that, yes, we do do that. And if you look on TikTok, it's all over right now, right? Like of all the things I'm um sorry, my cat's coming to visit. No, um <laughs> go away. Um so it, it's the myth of TikTok or on like YouTube and all this stuff where it's just yes. like these compilations of cracking it drives me crazy. So okay. essentially we we do you know, adjust joints and it does make a sound, but we're not just doing it to crack the bone. So why we're actually working on it is um, just to reset the joint capsule. And it makes a sound because of the synovial fluid, it releases little tiny gas bubbles. And so the bubbles open up and then you make that sound. But why we do that and why we work on the spine is because the, the nervous system, and we're basically nervous system doctors. So the the central nervous system, obviously the brain and the spinal cord is protected by the spine. And so if there's a miscommunication between the central nervous system and the peripheral nervous system, where it leaves the spinal cord and goes to every tissue, nerve and organ in your body, if there's a misalignment there, it can put pressure on the nervous system and then you get um, lack of ease or dis ease like not necessarily disease but you know lack of ease so whether it be whatever that nerve is going to there can be a miscommunication so maybe that makes you know increased heart rate or pain in the muscles are really tense right because people always talk about muscle memory and like your muscles are tight but I always ask the question well why is your muscle tight like why (laughs) because really your muscle is just a hunk of meat so right? why is it tight? Like, cause I go exactly. to a chiropractor and they're always like, oh, it's tight. I have to get massage therapists. Cause I do repetitive movements and surgery. And then I, right. I work out quite a bit, but, yeah. um, and I have find myself having to go to a chiropractor pretty regularly. So is it true yeah. that muscles get tight? I mean, does that happen muscles- or is that just kind of a phrase? One- no, 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 100%. Muscles get tight, but people talk about muscle memory, but it's not actually the muscle. The muscle's just, like I said, a piece of meat. Yeah. And the nerve going to it is telling it to contract or to Okay. Relax. Got it. Right? Yeah. So it's the I've the been told that too. Like, like I have like one right. muscle, like in my upper back shoulder area that we loosen yeah. it and then it just, you know what I'm saying? Almost it immediately. And you're saying up. that's the yeah. nerve that's doing that, almost like the, the overstimulation. Yeah of the nerve that's innervating that muscle. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. So, and that's why we work on the spine is because usually the miscommunication is at the spinal level, not necessarily at the muscle level, but massage and stuff helps, but I mean, it doesn't really 100% solve the problem. Correct. Okay. Well, that's good to know. So the other (laughs) question that I have for you, I'm glad I have a chiropractor on because I always have all these questions and sometimes I'm like, I don't know if I should ask or not ask, (laughs) but we've answered several of them today. So another question that I have is, so you talk about posture and health. So is that how they're related? Can you relate how um, having a better posture, it equates to having better health? Absolutely. So your spine and your, the whole like, your body, the way, okay, let me back up. The way that you stand, any which way that you stand is your posture. It, and there's not, not necessarily good posture and bad posture. It's just your posture. If you're able to stand up, that's your posture, <laughs> you know, or even just the way you're laying down on the couch, that's also your posture. There is more beneficial postures than others, right? So um, you want to make sure that, you know, if you can, of course, 
taking out spinal deformities or you know accidents or something like that that's happened to somebody um if you have um uh the way that your body is alignment yeah you want it to be in a certain thing so if you have what people typically call bad posture so your head would be going forward like forward head posture so we see this a lot like because people are texting or on their computer all the time or driving so it's very like forward flexion whereas um uh also what other kind of postures are there um slump shoulders also from like kids that are gaming you know so they yeah. have a very like forward thoracic posture yeah um yeah, and then also another big one for guys out there. I don't know if you have a lot of male listeners, but guys that sit on their wallet. So when oh, you're sitting that's on your wallet, head. right? It like, you know, it lifts one butt cheek up and then it completely like puts a like a scoliosis into your spine, wow. which is like a lateral curve of the spine, right? So I'm kind of on a mission to get guys to stop sitting on their wallets. It's yeah, like <laughs> that's good to know. That's good to know. Yeah, because you can do it for 10 years and no problem. But when you hit about 40, like, that's when, you know, you'll really start to have lower back issues. And yeah. how and then those, over time. Oh, go ahead. Yeah. That's what you're going to say. Gonna how say, do those poor yeah, postures? Oh, yeah. Yeah. So over time, like it, that's when you get the one side that gets really tight, like with yourself and then yeah. the other side's like long and loose. Right. Okay. So then you get that posture imbalance. Yeah. yeah. That mismatch. And that's where pain comes. Cause there's times I have exactly. physical pain. I've also um, noticed because it's mostly my shoulder and neck where I'm like, doing my operations or whatever. And I'm like, oh, my yep. hand feels weak or whatever because of that, you know? Right. So, yeah, so it's all coming from your neck. Like that's just direct, like, you know, you're probably holding in really weird yes. positions and yes. surgery. So yeah, it just puts a lot of stress on the nerves that come out. And then that's when you get that like numbness, tingling. Sometimes people can have it when they wake up. Yes. If you have it when you wake up, it's a sign that your pillow probably isn't very good. That's Just a good, okay. That That's good to yeah. know. Because you shouldn't wake up with numb, numb hands and fingers. Yes, yes. Yeah, normal. I agree. <laughs> <laughs> I guess, yeah, numbness when you wake up, not good. <laughs> uh, so what are some vagal tricks? So so you, the, the, okay. would you say the purpose of chiropractic is not only to improve posture, to improve pain and to improve health, but to help kind of, decrease the overstimulation of the nervous system and the vagus, which yeah. is obviously the, the main nerve for people who don't know that runs through our entire body. It has so many different yeah. innervations and functions. So what are some vagal tricks? Cause I will say I had, I've gone through multiple chiropractors before I found one that I liked, I will admit. Good. And yeah. I, my son, my youngest had really bad reflux when he mm -hmm. was born. And so yep. I was, scared but I trusted this chiropractor who was like bring him into me to get adjusted and he got adjusted twice and the reflux like went away so yeah are those like some quote-unquote vagal tricks like I and I'm a physician I would have never thought bringing him, him in to get adjusted would have affected his and stopped his reflux he was literally vomiting up all his milk at the time oh my gosh. and you know my pediatrician gave me medications and that's why I'm doing this show is to show people that there are alternative ways, not that the medication is a bad way per se, but I just want to bring awareness that there are other things out there. And so what yeah. are some bagel tricks, I guess? 
Um, some vagal trips. So, uh, so the vagus nerve obviously is cranial nerve number 10, and it runs yes. from the medulla oblongata all the way down to your gut. So it controls, but it's this parasympathetic nerve. So it controls um, like rest and digest. So mm. it helps chill you down after the saber tooth tiger attack. Yeah. Right? So it like it chills you down. Um, some ways that you can just hack your own nervous system to really just help um, like calm yourself down. Uh, the first one is uh, sing or See. chant or yeah yeah so the laryngeal wow. branches of the vagal nerve are in your throat yeah. so just by singing or just going um you know yeah. that, that type of thing what that will actually do is stimulate the vagal nerve and it helps tone the vagus nerve and helps bring the tension down so it like turns it on yeah that's interesting um, another one that also works on the throat is to gargle so if you gargle oh, water, yeah. um, which you, you know, if you have it just, it just stimulates the, the vagus nerve as well and helps tone it. Um, Cause what we find was with better vagal tone, you have increased heart rate variability. And with increased heart rate variability, you're able to handle stress better. Oh, so that's by interesting. Helping, yeah, so by working with the vagal nerve, you can really help just decrease your stress. So you decrease your heart rate, decrease your blood pressure, um, all this other like stuff, uh, increased digestion, right? Yeah. All just by working just with the vagal nerve. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of other things that happen in there too. Yeah. Mostly the vagal that nerve. That is very um, interesting. That's interesting. Yeah, an another one is just breathe. I, as, as, <laughs> deep as, breaths, as right? Like deep breaths, like deep meditation. Breath. Now that, yeah. that we talk about a lot and that we've learned. And so yeah. you're saying the reason why deep breaths um, work so, and everybody says it is, does that stimulate the vagus nerve also? Exactly. So okay. especially when it goes, no one ever said why they always said do this, for, you know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah. Okay. But it actually affects, so um, you want to help calm yourself down. You want your exhale to be double the length of your inhale. That's good. To so know. I like, yeah. So I like, you probably heard it before, but four, seven, eight. So no, you breathe I have in for a count. Okay. This is my, this is my favorite numbers. Four, seven, yeah. eight. So <laughs> you breathe in for a count of four, you hold your breath for seven, and then you breathe out for a count of eight. So it's double the exhale than it is the inhale. Um, yeah. And then what that, and if you do that three times, I do it right before I go to sleep and um, I'm asleep before I get to my third round. <laughs> wow. <laughs> like so right that out. also yeah. helps with sleep. Yeah. That's so great. it really helps just get yourself into a, a, a really calm, um, yeah, peace of mind, I guess. Yeah. So, well, you know, and, I'm glad we're talking to you because I'll be honest, I was one at one point who thought chiropractic was just adjustments. And you see a lot of yeah. chiropractors doing wellness, but now you see why the two correlate. So I'm actually glad we're having this court, this conversation. Cause I'm like, why are they doing so much wellness? They're just supposed to do adjustments. <laughs> like, that's right. all about, you know what I'm saying? So, but yeah. a lot of the stuff that you guys learn in chiropractor school that honestly we don't learn in traditional med school, um, like yeah. this, we don't, we don't learn any of this. We learn about the vagus nerve, obviously all the nerves, sympathetic nervous system, but we don't know more natural things to calm it down. We just learn, um, treatments really mostly medications right. and other things. Um, yeah. we did learn vagal stimulation, but that's, that's about it, you know? And well, that's, so, that's more to just like wake you up when you pass out. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, like, exactly. 
Exactly. <laughs> so that's what we learn. Stroke, pass out, do this. This is what you need to do. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. We don't learn like maintenance and preventative and kind of stuff like that. So this is very right. like insightful, even for me. So before oh, awesome. we kind of wrap it up, I have to ask, yeah. what is this positive psychology? What, you got a master's in this. So this is a I higher level education degree. I didn't even know this existed. <laughs> and I have a bachelor's in psychology. So what is oh, this okay. positive psychology? So what is what is that? It's really fun. So in, I think it was 1997 or 1998, Dr. Martin Sliegelman, I believe is how you pronounce it. He okay. was the president of the American um, Psychology Association. And it was his like mandate. He kind of founded the word positive psych. Um, positive psychology. So he and a guy by the name of uh, Dr. Uh, Cheek sent me hi, I think his name is, I always mess it up because I think it's Russian and I apologize. Um, <laughs> but so what positive psychology is, is it's really just the study of what makes life worth living and what gives life a rich oh. and meaningful experience. Whereas oh. if you have a bachelor's in psychology, you know that normal psychology is usually just the study of abnormal human behavior. Yes. Right. Yes. So, but so we don't really look at that. We look at more like the positive side of it and what makes life worth living, whether it be positive relationships, um, different emotions. We study yeah. a lot about meditation and mindfulness. Um, we also look at mindset, of course. Yeah. Uh, and then also like community involvement, social like gatherings, all that kind of stuff. That is awesome. I love that. And do you incorporate yeah. that in your practice? Obviously. Yeah, I, I try. Yeah. And the reason I got into it is because in, in chiropractic, we always talk about um, uh, stress, right? So physical, yes. chemical, emotional stress. And sometimes we call it thoughts, traumas, and toxins, right? Yes. So that's the, the yes. three keys. But I, I realized I was really good at helping people with physical stress and chemical stress would be like nutrition, but yes. I was really, I really wasn't very good at emotional stress. Yep. So that's the reason why I actually went into the master's in it. So I could actually help people because as you know, the brain body connection oh my and gosh. back so and forth, strong. it's just so important. Yeah. yeah. And I so think I would argue the thoughts, those are sometimes stronger. Those manifest the physical you know what I'm saying? And the One, chemical, yeah. like they dictate 100%. it. So why wouldn't yeah. somebody focus on that as, or at least at the same time, you have to do it at the same time. Like that's what I found yeah. in my practice. And that's one of the reasons I kind of started this whole journey of educating people. Like if you just yeah. do the physical and the chemical, that's not going to do much without addressing the thought and the traumatic portion of it, because those can manifest. And I'm sure you've seen it in these different, I mean, you had it, right? Like a trauma yeah. or something <laughs> happened to you and it manifested in that disorder, right? 100%. Yeah. yeah. And it's amazing um, how much the brain really does control everything. Like, um, yes. I mean, we call it um, in positive psychology, we call it um, embodied cognition, where the, the mind in, influences the body, but the body also influences the mind. In body cognition. Yeah. No, yeah, I agree. I 100% agree with that. Yeah. It's just, yeah. Be careful. <laughs> be careful what you think. Cause your mind, your mind and body are listening. <laughs> I agree. Cause it can manifest. And so I'm glad you 100%. mentioned that because I, again, yeah. noticed that and I'm a surgeon and do weight loss surgery. And I've noticed patients who have kind of a negative thought process on that particular journey, it manifests that way. They regain, they relapse into whatever um, addictive behaviors that they've had. And so that's always now, now for me, that's my first step is to help identify and change this thought 
process because that manifests into actions and habits and behaviors and and you're right the physical body so i'm glad that you mentioned that too and and you mirrored that and there's a lot more people now who believe kind of in that concept so that's that's helpful thank you well i'm so glad that you're doing that because we need more of that Yeah. So thank yeah. you on behalf of everybody else on the other side of the world. I we know because <laughs> chiropractors, there's a certain group of people that were just kind of trained almost to think about disease differently. And believe it or not, that's not the traditional trained medical doctors. Like we were yeah. pretty hardcore science, you know, this is the science behind it. This is what's work. This is what doesn't work. And a lot of people see doctors, right? And so I think it's very important to get these different voices and these different takes on how we as a whole can treat this disease and honestly not just treat my goal is to resolve to heal to overcome kind of the same way you did with yours so yeah that's one of the things we always say in chiropractic as well is like we have a um which is changing of course in the normal medical mainstream um but where you guys look at the body as more um uh, what, what is it? We look at it more vitalistic. So we realize that a lot of times people are some greater than their parts. So yeah. you can't like things aren't just really interchangeable. Whereas um, m- normal medical mainstream is much more mechanistic where you can yeah. like switch out parts and it's okay. Yeah. Right. So, we, <laughs> yeah. so that's one of the, the differences. So, I mean, of course we're very evidence-based and we have a lot of research and getting more research nowadays. Um, it's hard because we don't have a lot of funding like the big drug I know that's do. the problem but... the medical world the medical no I'll just yeah. say it, like medical yeah. doctors have a lot of funding from universities they we get a yeah. lot of backing from universities as does like pharmaceutical companies and this is why that thinking process in my opinion is mainstream I'll, I'll say it yeah. you don't want to say it I'll say it you I'm glad you said it yeah So thank you. Thank you so much for being on the show today. I really appreciate it. Thank you for enlightening us. I know I asked some tough questions, but those are questions that I had. So I really appreciate you taking the questions and you clarifying everything for us. Um, We will have your email or not your email, your website in our show notes. And so if anybody has questions for you or needs to find you, we will be happy to post that information on the show notes. Thank you for coming. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me on.